Welcome to another exciting episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki. I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it for the first time in the world. But before I do so, I thought it would be a great idea to introduce basic concept of Buddhism and the history of Buddhism so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So today he's back. I'm very grateful uh, for him to take uh, time to come back to talk to us. Uh, we don't know anything about the Buddhist structurally, so you know, we want to ask him more questions. So welcome, welcome back again, Mr. Uh, Mark Schumacher. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Great, great. So yes, just in case the people who don't know anything about you, please briefly introduce yourself. I'm a longtime resident of Japan. I live uh, here for over half of my life in, a, in, a, in the medieval capital, the 12th century capital of Japan, uh, which is where I fell in love with Japanese Buddhist statuary. And I've been studying it for nearly 25 years. Beautiful, beautiful. So thank you very much for that. So uh, yes, today, uh, we would like to ask you, who's Bushi? So my documentary is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and in Japanese, those people are called Bushi. But I want to know, uh, from an uh, art historian point of view, who Bushi is, and who was Bushi? Please tell us. Okay. Um, essentially, Bushi is the Japanese pronunciation of a, a Chinese term, which literally translated means Buddha, I'm sorry, Buddha teacher, Buddha teacher. But that's not necessarily how it's commonly translated. It's commonly translated as someone who makes Buddhist statuary. And uh, the term first appeared in Japan in 623 of the Common Era. And we know this because uh, uh, there's a statue at Horyuji in Nara, which is one of Japan's oldest temples. There's a statue there, and in the halo of the statue is carved Tori Bushi, which this was the, the, the name of the man who carved or who made the statue was Tori, and then he signed his name Bushi. Buddha teacher. Um, and ever since then, the term has been used uh, for people who make Buddhist statuary. Okay. Now, it can also be used for people who paint Buddhist paintings, or it can be used for many, uh, any number of artistic specialties, uh, divisions of labor, people who work with jewelry in Buddhism, people who work um, with painting the statues people who work with wood, they all are called bushi, okay? They all can be called bushi. Now, what happens now is that around the seventh century, government-sponsored workshops were established in Japan to produce Buddhist statues for the imperial court and the nobility. And this is where all the bushi worked. And inside of these workshops, there was always the master bushi, the headmaster, 
And then there were always the apprentice and the uh, assistant bushi, okay? And I think your, your film, Carving the Divine, really sh shows us with the, the, the grandmaster and then his uh, student who then has all these younger apprentices that he's teaching. And uh, so the, the grandmaster bushi is called the dai bushi, the big guy, right? And the apprentices and the uh, assistant bushi are called the show bushi, or the underlings. So dai bushi, show bushi. Then um, it's also interesting to note that uh, around the end of the eighth century, the government stopped its uh, uh, state-sponsored workshops, and all the bushi then had to leave and find new work. And so many of them found new work by working for temple workshops, or they opened up their own independent workshops. Now, during this time was also very interesting. The daibushi, the headmaster, the, the, the guy on the top, the best maker of statues, was, was considered a monk. And he was also given the rank of high priest. Now, he did not perform or carry out religious rituals. This was just an honorific title given to uh, carvers of Buddhist statuary in medieval Japan to show their very high status in society. The carving people had a very high status in society. But then in the Muromachi period, around the 15th century, they ended this system of, uh, of giving special status to the bushi. And so the bushi then became just uh, general artisans. They're, they were classified as just general artisans. They lost their special uh, st social status. And then by the Meiji period, the whole system of the dai bushi and the shobushi, the system of the headmaster and all the apprentices and assistants, that was abandoned as well. So we have a situation today, which you probably know more than I do, that the bushi today um, are, are probably independent artisans who need to go out and find uh, temples and people to they do repairs for the temples or they make a new statue for the temple or they're, they're making statues for, I don't know who, but it must be a very tough life because they've lost their official status. They no longer have these uh, state sponsored workshops. Um, and the temples, I, I'm not sure how much work they can get from the temples. And the other big question I have to you is I, I kind of worry about this is these days, it's happening. 3D printing has come along. And some of the temples have now uh, done the 3D uh, laser imaging of their treasures, their Buddhist treasures. And they're making replicas of their treasures. And then these replicas are being sent, you know, to museums outside of Japan or in Japan, or they're being sent, they're being sold. And so if, 3D printing technology, which can make stuff in wood, stone, plastic resin, uh, many other materials. If 
3D imaging can produce and 3D printing can produce a perfect replica of ancient treasures, what's going to happen to our real human artisans who make the statues? That's a, that's a very scary thought. That, uh, you, you're right about that. The only thing that I would say is, uh, you know, uh, bushy statues, statues that uh, bushy make in Japan, they don't use sandpaper. They only use uh, chisels to make these statues. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's very time consuming and it takes a lot of skills and the hours and all this. I don't know how much 3D printer can do that, but you know, possibly they could be at that level. So that's, I have no idea, but uh, mm. right now it's hard for me to imagine that they can do something like Bushi does. But at the same time, also, I was told by people that, you know, ancient statues, Japanese ancient statues are more than just the statues. They have some feelings inside. You can feel it when they see, see them, when people see them. So these kind of feelings, I don't know if a 3D printer can reproduce that as well. That's I would like to say about that. Well, essentially what you, uh, I agree with what you said. Uh, these statues are not dead. They're living icons. These ancient treasures, they're living icons. And in many cases, the temple authorities will not allow for 3D printing or 3D lasering. So those are safe. Smaller temples, however, seeing their, they think their traditions are, are slowly deteriorating, falling apart they're more willing to use the 3D than some of the, you know, the national treasures of Japan. Mm -hmm. and so most temples won't allow it, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, even some of those temples have never allowed us to take uh, x-rays to, to find out if there's something inside of the statues, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the treasures in Japan, we know have scrolls hidden inside, they have smaller statue, uh, statues hidden inside, they have uh, uh, who commissioned the statues and all these different kinds of uh, offerings inside the statue. Mm -hmm. And we, we already know this through CT scanning and x-ray, but for many of the great treasures in Japan, the temple authorities refuse to allow us to, to examine the statues in this way. Mm -hmm. So those statues will never be, never be three D printed. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. It's uh, scary that you know uh, those printers uh, could uh, replace human beings, and uh, you know uh, there won't be any more bushy. So that's that sounds horrible. So well, then the other scary thing to me is in Japan now, it modernized Japan, um, and uh, you can make. For example, here's a 3D printed, here's a little 3D printed plastic guy of one of the, of the four guardians of the four directions. More and more of these types of little statues will be, be sold, made out of plastic or made out of wood or made out of uh, um, uh, uh, any number of materials. Right. And uh, the current Bushi, who make a living by making such statuary, 
will be out of work. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I've, I'm kind of worried about the future for the profession. There will always be work to repair the statuary, existing statuary in the temples. There will always be work for this. But uh, how many, how many people will that support? How big of a, you know, how, how many bushi will exist 50 years from now? It's very scary. It's a wonderful skill. It's a hard life. You gotta be passionate. But you can see the love in those statues. You can feel the love in those statues made by hand. I agree. So that one of the missions of Carving the Divine is uh, to tell people uh, how wonderful this tradition is. And, you know, let not let that machine takes over human beings and it's not i'm not gonna let the terminator uh destroy our culture so so to speak so yeah 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 so you mentioned about the daibushi but as far as i i didn't know that all that you know uh ancient history behind the daibushi but nowadays i feel like daibushi is a uh basically the title special title uh somebody gets it's it's not uh some people get it some people don't and in order for somebody to get it so uh you know you gotta be skillful but at the same time you know in japan often you gotta be older you know if you're a young kid so you know you're too young for that so mm. that's what i experienced so uh, when, mm. when i was uh, seeing uh Buddhist uh, sculptors of Japan, Bushi, often they were skillful uh, enough, but they were, they were too young to receive uh, Dai Bushi. So. Is, is there a national Bushi organization uh, that, that gives uh, you know, this title, Dai Bushi? Who well, gives the title? Well, that's, that's basically uh, a temples. Each temple. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. there's some like a bureaucracy behind, and uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to go get into the details, uh, but you know, uh, you gotta have a good relationship with the temple, and you gotta exhibit uh, uh, Bush's work there, and uh, yeah, so I mean, you cannot be just a skillful and master to become a Bushi. Mm -hmm. You know, often living in Japan is a, a lot more than being skillful, but you you gotta be master of negotiator. So that's what I experience so mm. beautiful well the other i forgot to mention earlier is when buddhism was introduced to japan which is like around 500 and 560 550 common era um the japanese of course didn't know anything about buddhism and they didn't know how to carve statues so in the very first few, in the first 100, 150 years in Japan, most statues and the skill uh, of becoming a bushi were, uh, were passed down from Koreans and Chinese people who, who had lived here and grown up here. And that is where the, the skill set originally was passed on to the Japanese. And then, of course, by the seventh century, now already then, we have a very, uh, uh, very skilled Japanese artists. Beautiful.
Thank you very much. So uh, we want to go into details in a later episode, but for now, uh, we want to finish this episode. So yes, uh, before we finish, please tell us uh, your website. So we want to know more about these deities. How can I like, get more information? <laughs> it's just very simple. Just go to OnMark Productions, with an S, onmarkproductions.com. Once you get to the opening screen, there's a picture of a Buddha. Just click that and off you go. It's, it's all organized A to Z. And uh, there's a search box and you can search to your heart's content. Lots and lots and lots of annotated photographs, um, which you will find useful in, in planning any trip you might want to take to Japan. So you'll know where to go to find the deities. Great, great. So if you guys think this information is useful, make sure, make sure to subscribe my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and like me on my Facebook because that's how we did, do it in the 21st century. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Mark. Thank you.